And we believe they leave this place a better person, a better citizen. And that's all we can hope for. That's why we're here, to make the park better, but also to make our young citizens better. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. This is Annalise Corbin, Chief Goddess of the Past Foundation and your host. We hear frequently that the global education system is broken. In fact, we spend billions of dollars trying to fix something that's actually not broken at all, but rather irrelevant. It's obsolete. A hundred years ago, it functioned fine. So let's talk about how we reimagine, rethink, and redesign our educational system. So today on Learning Unboxed, we have uh, another treat. This is the second episode that we're doing about Yellowstone National Park and the amazing opportunities that the Park Service has historically um, made available to folks. And certainly with everything that's going on these days, it's just refreshing to hear about the, the really cool things that we can look forward to. And so today we are speaking with Mike Coonan, who runs the Yellowstone National Park's Youth Conservation Corps. So Mike, Welcome to the program. Welcome, and thank you for having us. So let's let's sort of start for folks who may not be familiar, because we have listeners from all over the world. So let's let's help folks understand what is this place called Yellowstone National Park, and why do we all view it as one of our nation's greatest treasures? Sure, Yellowstone National Park is our nation's first national park. It was set aside way back in 1872 on March 1st. So we have a birthday. You can send us cookies. <laughs> Uh, and we are approaching 150 years old, and we are a historic area with some very incredible landscapes, and those landscapes include Old Faithful, in fact, half of the world's geysers. We have over 10,000 hydrogeothermal features, and that's a major reason why they set aside Yellowstone, 2.2 million acres of land to be set aside, to be protected, to be the first national park. And our job with the Youth Conservation Corps, or YCC, is help upkeep some of that land. Obviously, we can't do it all. It's 2.2 million acres, if you think about it. It's about the size of Rhode Island and Delaware combined. We're mm. the largest park that's up in Alaska. Uh, we are one of the many national park units. And we're one of the many units that do have Youth Conservation Corps, I'm just going to say YCC, um, <laughs> programs. And of course, our program, like our park, is a little different. I'm going to be biased. I've been working with this program for over 10 years. So I uh, think it's an incredible program and I think it is worth it. And what I see is the change in the park and also the change of the people that work in the park. That's our staff, as well as the students throughout the years that have been part of this program. So it's a little bit about Yellowstone. And the other thing I always like to, and if we hear any elk bugling, uh, the other side of being the first national park is we really set aside the land and we also preserve the landscape for the most part, uh, which includes the plants and therefore also the animals. So they're all under the protection of the National Park Service and it's our job to preserve and protect it, but also make it accessible for you, all your listeners, and it does take a lot of upkeep. 
It does indeed. And, you know, as, as some of our listeners know, my backstory as an archaeologist, I've worked all over the world. And from time to time, I get to talk about it because we, we do an interview in one of the places um, where I worked. And, you know, what I can share with everybody is that the opportunity to have students in a place as magical as Yellowstone or, or quite frankly, any of our national parks, our state parks, even your community park, getting kids outside is a game changer for many. And, you know, the opportunity to actually have students participate in some type of residential if you will, opportunity that's more than a day or even an afternoon. Um, you know, when I would bring kids in the park and we would excavate uh, um, at the Marshall Hotel, for example, um, you know, that that was a thing I still hear, you know, like, like you said, for the kids who go through, right, um, and be part of this program, I don't know about you, but I certainly still hear from the, the kiddos that came and spent weeks excavating in the park with me and, you know, had nothing to do with me and everything to do with the place that they were. So share with us, Mike, what is the Yellowstone Youth Conservation Corps? What is this program at, at its heart? And then we're going to get into the nuts and bolts about how does it yeah. actually work? Yeah. Sounds great. And we'll have to set aside first, YCC is a national program. So there are YCC programs in the inner city, Washington, D.C., and some of those national parks. But you hit the key point that really sets our program aside. We are the only whole residential program when it comes to YCC. So even though Tetons will have a program to our south mm -hmm. or Grand Canyon or Rocky Mountain National Park, most of these programs or Yosemite, the other white park, <laughs> they're going to have a non-residential YCC program, meaning they don't provide housing or supervision for nights or weekends. And that's what really, I believe, sets our program aside is we will house and be a residential program for the last five or six years. There'll be 34 teenagers for a month, living, working, playing, and growing. And that's uh, kind of our motto, work, play, learn, grow. Mm -hmm. And we try to do all those things to the 10th level. So besides doing the work, we are about community. And that's the grow. That's the play. Um, we also set aside an hour each day, Monday through Friday, for education. That could be team building. It could be leadership. Mm -hmm. But it's also having archaeologists talk to our students. Yeah. Uh, about career development. And that is another thing that I really believe. So that's a side is not only do I get to work with these teenagers, uh, sometimes we'll use the term enrollees. Uh, we'll hire, <laughs> uh, like I said, 34 uh, teenagers for a month, but then we do it again. So for the last 10 years, we've done two sessions, a month each. Wow. So we are working with over 60 youth for a month at a time. And What's excellent is about four or five years after being part of this program, now we are hiring some of those former students to be on our staff. And that, that is incredible. Is awesome. Yes, that is just, that's the win, right? That's the win-win. And there's a long history within the Yellowstone Youth yeah. Conservation before. I started in 2010, um, but we see through the rosters and some of the other stuff that their former students were staff members. And that's been part of the legacy of the Yellowstone Youth Conservation Corps uh, is able to hire some of the former students in the program to be help run the program uh, so they that's can relate awesome. to the other teenagers, the, the teens, because they were one. Yeah. And it changes every year. Sometimes it's 20 to 25% of our staff were students in the program for the last several years. That's we are awesome. intentional. If, they, if they're a good fit and they have that, we want to give them that opportunity. And then some of them have taken it farther and making careers out of the National Park Service 
or other federal lands. Don't forget U.S. Mm-hmm. Forest, different department, yeah. different agency. Uh, they also have YCC program. And yeah, being able to hire or recommend and write letters of recommendation and mm-hmm. see these former students of the YCC program make careers out of land management, being outdoor educators. We have former students working wildland fire. So Megan uh, is running a chainsaw wildland fire and she was a stu- here in Yellowstone and she was a student. We have trail workers that were students mm-hmm. and staff members. And then we have several of our permanent staff that were either staff or students themselves in this program. We had Millie that was at Teton. She just moved. Um, she's been a permanent education uh, employee and she was an SEA, a student conservation association. So she was an intern in the program. The next year she was mm-hmm. a staff member in the program. And a couple years later, she's yeah. now made the National Park Service her career. That is that is really, really awesome and it's spectacular. And I think that the other thing that I love about, about the program, that, that scaffolded growth opportunity and the care, you know, clearly you care um, about the, the participants who come through and you want to see them grow and expand and whether they ultimately go on to be part of you know, an environmental um, or cultural um, you know, conservation effort, they're, they're, they leave the program as stewards, right? And that, that's a huge thing. And I also want to sort of key in on one of the things that you said just really quickly in passing, but I think it's really important. The kids who come into this program, these teenagers, you, you pay them. They, this is a paid work opportunity. So I, I don't think we can underscore that. And how old do the students have to be to apply? And do they apply from all over the world? Or is it regional? How, what's the nuts and bolts of the actual, hey, how do I get to do this thing? Yeah, and it's uh, a little different every year, but we do have certain mandates. So the, y, the Youth Conservation Corps was actually created by Congress. And then, oh, my facts might not be 100% accurate. I think under uh, President Ford was signed into as a, uh, a pilot program, and it was very successful in a lot of areas. Uh, we started our YCC program in 1984 in Yellowstone National Park. Um, and it was every other year until after uh, 1989, after the 88 fires, and we became mm-hmm. an annual program, so every summer. And then the other kind of benchmark is 2010. We went from a one nine-week program to two four-week programs to increase the numbers. Yeah. Uh, but for the last couple of years, we've had other, over 700 applications for those approximately 64. Wow. And That's Congress some serious competition. <laughs> but Congress set up some bylaws. So we hire uh, 15 to 18-year-olds. So you cannot be 14. You cannot be 19 and be part of our program. Yeah. So it's a Youth Conservation uh-huh. Corps. That's what Congress set aside, 15 to 18. So that's who we hire. Um, you do have to be a U.S. citizen uh, to be part of our program. So to hire, to get paid, we pay federal yeah. minimum wage, which is interesting because some people from some states, um, some states will have a minimum wage of 10 or more per hour. We're going to pay federal minimum wage. But there's also that balance of um, they will experience and live, work, play, and grow. Sometimes I will still, the motto, which I believe is from Habitat Humanity, uh, sweat equity. So they work in this park. So mm-hmm. they get ownership mm-hmm. of this park. And then, yeah, they get a paycheck. Uh, we also charge them rent, uh, room and board. 
But in the end, they'll walk away, if they saved it all, over $1,000, four weeks of living, working, and playing in Yellowstone National Park, which you can't really, in my opinion, put a price tag on. I would, I would agree with that. And what an amazing thing. So let's say the 700 kids who apply and 60 some odd kids get in each summer. Uh, those are some seriously tough odds, by the way. Um, but, but proof positive of how much folks really want to want to engage in it. So they make it into the program. They get there. What's the what's the experience like? Um, you know, and, and part of the reason I'm asking the questions that we are is because you know not everybody's gonna get to experience that program. Um, and even if there are parks and opportunities closer to them, the other thing that I really sort of want to drum you know, run, run home with, I guess, is there's a lot of teaching and learning that happens every single day, whether it's by curricular design or it's by happenstance. And, you know, and you have, you know, all these years of experience in being able to sort of, I want to use the word monopolize as well as take advantage of that, that moment that comes, right? And how could we translate that moment into other opportunities every day that teachers in other places or schools or students may be able to sort of run with? So that's why what 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 does it look like once I'm in the program? What are we doing? And how do you, as the resident educator in that moment, take advantage of the opportunities? Yeah, there are a lot of opportunities, and we do have a captive audience. Um, part of our program, one in Yellowstone National Park, as you may know, uh, there's a lot of opportunities that do not have cell phone service. But we'll actually right. take away their phones. Uh, we check them in like a <laughs> library book. Uh, we can, do that too. So I understand why you do that. <laughs> so that, that also gives us a captive audience. So we really have uh, those 34 teenagers' attention, uh, whether it's at dinner or breakfast and this and that. But part of the community is we need everyone to be bought into that community. So they're assigned to work. We call it KP, Kitchen Patrol. So they're going to help clean their meal. And then the next group will help prepare and clean for them. And it's just, that's a continual process. So there's a community living aspect that I think maybe doesn't exist as much as it did decades ago. So no one is handing them food. Um, no one is cleaning their toilets. No one is doing their laundry. They're, they become independent. And they also realize the importance of teamwork, that if everyone pitches in, no one does the dishes, you have a pile of dishes, which in bear country is a problem. Ah, uh, yes. So, <laughs> Uh, they learn a lot. They're, like you said, there's a lot of things they learn that are not part of our uh, set-aside curriculum. And I think community living is one of those things that really becomes a life changer for them. Being a middle child of five, I felt like I grew up with community living. Um, I had to do dishes <laughs> and this and that. Um, but for some, you know, that is one of the, my rewards is hearing a parent. What did you do to my child? They got up and did dishes without being asked um, because <laughs> I, after a month, you know, when it was their turn, they knew it was their turn and then they did it because other people did it for them. And that sense of belonging. And I think core programs uh, nationwide are kind of an equalizer. It doesn't matter your beliefs, your background, your race. Um, we're all in this field and we're all living together. We're all working together. We have all these common goals. And it kind of creates this incredible community environment, almost a utopia. Mm -hmm. So it's intentional. We set it up, but they really take ownership because they're here for a month, uh, day in, day out. We do have expectations. 
So you can be fired. You can quit of our program. If you, don't, if you break the rules, you'll be fired uh, like any other mm-hmm. job. Uh, mm-hmm. So, And that carries over to the non-work space. So after five o'clock, when they're not working, they're still living together. There were still expectations of the community, even on weekends. So every student will go backpacking on a weekend. Every student uh, goes on a park tour. They really get to see the Grand Canyon, the Yellowstone, the bison, the elk. If they're lucky, they'll see bears or wolves or foxes or coyotes. I don't know if we've ever seen a, a mountain lion or a bobcat within our program, but maybe. Um, yeah. I saw my first bobcat uh, this winter. Uh, and it was great. Mm-hmm. So, but they're they're rare. They're like ninjas. They're they're there, but you. <laughs> so they they do experience so much more than a job, and that is mm-hmm. part of the beauty of our program. And because we're residential, we have not forty hours a week. You know, we have one hundred and twenty hours a week for four weeks. We're right. going to experience and learn and explore. And we really hope at the end of the program that everyone realizes what it means to protect and to own these lands and why they're so important and a national treasure. I mean, Yellowstone's a national treasure, so are the other ones. But I really enjoy Mm -hmm. Yellowstone National Park to the nth degree. So if you were if you were sitting down with with a, a group of teachers or community members from another place who are listening to this, they do their research, they've studied up, they 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 talk to former students, and so they have a pretty decent understanding of sort of what goes into building a program um, like this to take advantage of you know all those growth opportunities, learning to work together, living in a community, all that sort of stuff, and they wanted to be able to start a program, what would you say are the two or three biggest considerations or the, the those aha moments? Because you know, even though the program has been around for a long time, you've been actively engaged in teaching and leading this thing for 10 years. I, I have no doubt you've learned some do and don'ts along the way, especially when you're dealing with teenagers, right? Yeah, I think and a couple, I don't remember exactly what year, but we, you know, we kind of ran through our literature. We didn't really have a mission statement. You know, something to stand behind. Uh, we had a motto, work, play, learn, grow. So we build a mission statement around that. And we just want to make sure everything kind of comes back to that. So I have a purpose, have a partnership. Our mm-hmm. partnership is Yellowstone National Park. And we have that work aspect is partnerships with multiple divisions within the park. But this could be state park, a county park. Um, it could be another federal land agency mm-hmm. in the area. And with a little internet research, uh, there are national programs. Almost every state has uh, a core program. So whether it's the Iowa, Minnesota core program or Wisconsin or the triple C's mm-hmm. in California, the California Conservation Corps, and they have a, a specific out backcountry program that is nationally known as an excellent program. We're an excellent program and we're nationally known. But there's other programs and we do that. We're intentional about that. We do um, spend our last day with the students um, about career development. We talk about these other programs. So there is a clearinghouse and I believe it's actually run by the U.S. Forest Service, 21st Century Corps or the Corps Network. These are two different uh, programs, Mm -hmm. but they will list um, and they will list by state different core programs, different opportunities. And then really the idea is 
hands-on learning is so important of our program. We will use hand tools. And some of these hand tools include a cross-cut saw. So nothing. Oh, wow. (laughs) Our students do not run by OSHA standards and by wisdom (laughs) at chainsaws. So we, but we will use a cross-cut. And some of our Mm cross-cuts are from the 1930s. And we oil them, we sharpen them, and we let teenagers use them. Uh, And they uh, learn, they'll learn how to um, care, use, and safely store uh, and transport a Pulaski. All these tools that may really seem mm-hmm. foreign in the beginning, but I think that hands-on so staff selection is probably one of those aha moments yeah. where, and we have found former students do make excellent staff members because that learning curve and that experience, they can relate um, to not knowing any of these tools and really essentially be experts at the end of the month. You know, and our staff will be here for over three months working with two different groups. And we have grown into other partnerships. So we'll take Groundwork USA. It's this urban core program. And they have mm-hmm. for us in like Washington, D.C., New York, but also Denver, Dallas, Oakland, California. Um, mm-hmm. And we work with them. They'll be here for a week. And again, it will be about 60 of them. Uh, a group of 40 and a group of 20 is what we've done for the last several years. And they also have a motto that I would love to steal because I believe it works for our program as well as their program. And I think that's their motto is changing places, changing lives. And I love it. And I relate to it. Mm -hmm. And I believe our Yellowstone Youth Conservation Program changes places, changes this place, our first national park. And I've seen it through the years, changing the lives of our students. And some of those students will come back as staff members. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a full circle that I really appreciate. And I'm very intentional about that. Yeah, that's absolutely, again, that's just so spectacular. And, you know, um, at Past Foundation, our organization, we run summer programs and, and we've had kids who've come year after year after year. We see them over and over again um, in a variety of capacities. And we also have kids that ultimately find themselves leading programs as well. And I, you know, to, just to sort of reiterate, the, the value proposition that you put forward with that. We, we see the same thing. We see these kids grow. We see them become leaders and whether they, they want to go on to become, you know, teachers or leaders in STEM spaces, which is a lot of our work. It doesn't make any difference. We see them grow as individuals without hesitation. I can say that we see the same thing. So great value in that. So Mike, as we sort of wrap up here, how so I, I guess one of the things that I could anticipate um, that folks are going to want to know, and granted, we will post all the links, send them to the website, but let's just say it out loud for them. You know, if they're, they're, there's kids or folks who hear this and want to get involved in the program, when, when do they have to apply? What's that deadline? Is it a year out? Is it six months? Is it six weeks? What are we talking about here? So there is hmm, the best way to answer this. I'll start backwards. The deadline's March 1st. Every year. <laughs> so, uh, and I guess I can tease back on the link that we sent you, uh, the YCC link for mm-hmm. Yellowstone National Park. Our application will go live. It will be a, P- a fillable PDF that they can download, fill out, save, and then email back to us. They can print it off, fill it out, and mail it to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're the government. So I think we're the only ones that still fax things. Uh, so you can also <laughs> in your application, but all those things postmark by March 1st, 
your email needs to say March 1st by midnight. Um, and it's fine with the internet because it's at midnight Eastern time or mountain time. Right. Uh, it will take anything uh, as long <laughs> as it's first. They do have to be a U.S. citizen uh, mm-hmm. for the time that they are applying. They have to be 15 to 18. And since we have so many, again, by Congress kind of laws that they set up in the 70s, it's going to be by lottery. Mm. So we're not experience-based. It is all you need to be to be successful in our program is a good attitude. We will teach you all the skills you need. We'll provide all the equipment. Uh, but attitude, that's up to the student. We can't uh, do anything about that. If they have a good attitude, they'll be fully successful in this program and maybe even more fully successful in life after the program. That is our hope. Uh, that's why we're here. Besides all the work that we do for the park, which is incredible because our teams uh, that are working on trails that are installing food storage boxes, we call them bear boxes. We're doing citizen mm-hmm. science, social science. We save the park money because we're paying our teenagers minimum wage instead of a federal employee. So we're doing meaningful work. We're a little bit cheaper when it comes to that work. And it is incredible for students that can come back and say, I built that. I did that. I studied that. Mm-hmm. It's theirs. And this is their park as much as it is your park. But they have, again, that sweat equity, whether, you know, and even sometimes blood equity. Sometimes that's a mosquito <laughs> bite. Um, but they've, they sweat, they work, sometimes they cry. Um, and that's not all <laughs> the bad. Uh, but they do leave this place a better place. And we believe they leave this place a better person, a better citizen. And that's all we can hope for. That's why we're here mm-hmm. to make the park better, but also to make our young citizens better. And yeah, some of them will come back as park rangers and that's incredible. Um, yeah. That's not our purpose, but it's definitely one of the largest benefits in my opinion. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, Mike, thank you so much for um, giving us some of your time today, sharing sharing the story of what's going on, you know, with the Youth Conservation Course at the National Park Yellowstone in particular. But I also appreciate you giving us the bigger, broader global um, view of, of this opportunity within, you know, our national and state parks. And I hope. I hope that both, both students, parents, teachers will, will encourage kids to look at this as, a, as a, an amazing opportunity um, around the country. And, and hopefully you get lots of, lots of folks applying to come to Yellowstone this summer. We don't need more applications, uh, <laughs> but we do need more active people. So if they don't get into the Yellowstone Youth Conservation Corps, find other programs in their home state, in their area, and you... You, as a person, you benefit from the, the work that you do. And then the places, our wild places, our historic places that need preservation. Some of them are being loved to death. We need help at every level. Uh, so if we engage more people into public service, that is awesome. And, and that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Mike. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education.